0: Welcome back to the Project 24 YouTube podcast.
1: Y'all ready for this? So ready for this. I'm so ready.
0: Going over cliches and we're going to try to steer away from the obvious ones because Mm -hmm. you're probably familiar with the obvious ones and don't need to be told, at least not very long, to not do these obvious ones. (laughs) Yeah. So obvious ones, like and sub, especially really early on mm-hmm. without any context at all. We've talked about that quite a bit.
1: Yes, if you've listened to me at all, you, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the whole like, hey, before we get into the video, be sure and like and subscribe. That mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about. That's a cliche. It's a thing that happens a lot, right?
0: Before I provided you any value, leave a tip yeah. and a <laughs> review. <laughs> okay, and then... Um, introductions this is just kind of one i thought of but tell me what you think here mm-hmm. a long introduction of saying who you are before they care i mean if they've never been to your channel before they don't really care who you are probably mm-hmm. um, and if they're loyal they don't need to hear who you are in long detail as if they're brand new at the very beginning of the video sometimes it probably makes sense to throw it in later what are your thoughts
1: uh, generally I, I, as far as the cliche goes intros in general are are too long they're Mm -hmm. longer than they need to be Mm -hmm. and so it's just a matter of deciding what's paring it down to the most important aspects of an intro
0: Uh if
1: you even need an intro
0: oh interesting do you think saying your name in the intro is important even briefly i
1: think so if it's on brand Uh Uh, and actually even man i can't i can really think of most cases Rarely think of most cases. Mm-hmm. I can has grammar today. we were joking about that before we we're sitting down to record here. Uh, my grammar is off. I can't think of very many cases where it wouldn't make sense to just put your name somewhere in there, even if it's a faceless channel. It's just it's just an aspect to say, "Hey, I'm a real person."
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So people do these. We were talking about this a little bit. Why do people do cliches? And We're going to get into the non-obvious ones in a second here, but the motive behind cliches, I think. Partially, as we were saying, there isn't a motive because people kind of just do it because they think that's what you do. This is what everyone else is doing. This is what I should do. Kind of a should but don't know why I'm doing it mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like
1: we should define cliche in case yes, anybody hasn't heard. I, I looked it up before this. Nice. It's, it's something that has become overly familiar or commonplace. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about cliches on YouTube, things that just become overly familiar or commonplace. Yeah. yeah back to you. what you were saying there.
0: Yeah, cool. So it's negative kind of inherently because it's overdone. Yes. Like maybe it wasn't that's always how a I bad define thing. It.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's something that it, it's not It's not a welcome thing usually yes. because it's overly commonplace.
0: Overdone. Overplayed.
1: That's typically when people say, oh, that's so cliche. It's because it's turned into a negative. Mm-hmm. And so the broader discussion here is cliches on YouTube, things that become overly common or commonplace that just they become negative.
0: Yeah things we need to we need to stop because it's time. Yes. <laughs> so it's time for them to end. Okay. So, but are there other reasons? I think there are. Um, but I'm curious what reasons you think there are for people chasing these clichés aside from just because everybody else is doing it. You know, maybe it's to be funny or because they've heard that like people statistically people are more likely to subscribe if you ask them to or whatever. What other motives do you think are behind following these clichés?
1: I feel like most of the time we adopt cliches within our content unconsciously. Mm. We don't realize that we are doing a cliche. Yeah. Because the instant that we become conscious of it, we then have a choice to say, I'm going to continue this. And I acknowledge that it's why I'm doing it. You may not think of it as cliche, but you just say, yeah, I'm going to continue this because X, Y, Z reasons. Uh, Or we say, oh, I became conscious of it. I say, actually, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. I think, I know I've used this example before, but I I think it's one of the eye-opening things for a lot of um, people on YouTube when they've watched some of the videos, like I stopped asking people to subscribe, uh, and here's why, is because a lot of people weren't conscious of that, realizing, oh my goodness, why? I I ask people to subscribe because everybody says I should ask people to subscribe, but what is actually happening Mm -hmm. as a result? Are people even hearing it when I say, like and subscribe, you know, <laughs> the first 30 right. seconds of a video, uh, is it even, it's, it's almost turned into, here in the U.S., I can speak for this. I, I, it doesn't seem like it's as common as it used to be, but for a while there, the greeting was, what's up? Oh, you know, Hey, what's <laughs> up?
0: Yeah. And
1: it got to the point where, hey, what's up? I, it, we almost wouldn't even hear it. Yeah. It, even though, or how's it going? There's a lot of these things that we will say a lot of times, and we don't actually mean it. Right, like when I say to you, Julia, or, or anybody, I say, "Hey, Julia, how's it going?" Most of the time, you just say, "What do you respond with?" Good or good,
0: great. How's it it's going fine. with you? Like, yeah, and like <laughs>
1: zero amount of mental effort went into responding to that. Even if you're having an awful day, you'll still say, "I'm good." Right. Yeah. And and that's that to me is an indicator of an unintentional. I would say I'm tying it back into this content here, an unintentional cliche. It's something I'm doing in my videos that I don't even. I don't even realize i'm doing and the audience also doesn't realize i'm doing or or they realize i'm doing it and they're getting annoyed or they realize i'm doing it and don't do anything about it yeah
0: so uh, the meaning and the purpose kind of gets lost in that repetition
1: yes that's one dynamic of cliches yeah that's how i would i would look at it
0: mm-hmm. i think that makes sense i think you're absolutely right about people being unconscious about it because i've noticed before when people's say something's a cliche, like, you know, outside of YouTube that maybe I'd never thought of as a cliche before, but then when they say it like, Oh yeah. And then I avoid it from then on, you know, Uh another one I just thought of when people say without further ado that, like that sentence Uh alone, or even when they just say like, and it seems like people are kind of going away from that sentence, but even when they say something along the lines of, okay, you know, that was a long intro. Let's get right into it because we've got a lot to cover. Like if you have to say, okay, it's time to get into it, you better reshoot or cut up your intro.
1: I agree. If you are if you feel like you're rambling, on, unless it's on brand for you, that's the big mm. asterisk to all of this. Sometimes it's on brand for people to ramble. <laughs> and people think it's hilarious. They say, oh, I've been rambling. Oh, now let's actually get back to this. And then okay. you go off on another tangent. But again, be conscious of that Yeah, and be intentional with that. Uh, it's funny because before recording this, we were talking about our experiments with ChatGPT mm-hmm. uh, and how we ask it for intros and video descriptions, and it almost always outputs something along the lines of, and now sit back, relax, pop some, grab some popcorn, and let's get into our video. Something like that, some variation of that, almost every question we ask it would output something like that, and it's mm-hmm. funny because where did it learn from? <laughs> learn from a data set of real people right and so obviously aside from the fact that chat gpt really wants us to eat popcorn because it apparently it <laughs> wants us to do that i have
0: a theory on that you want to hear it
1: oh yeah what's the theory
0: i think orville Redenbacher paid chat gpt <laughs> for product placement <laughs> to get people to eat more popcorn you no
1: know, sit back relax pop some orville Redenbacher popcorn and <laughs> asterisk not sponsored you know. uh, that's a funny idea and and so that type of thing sit back relax that's a cliche sit Mm. back relax and let's get into the content yeah relax and enjoy pop some popcorn those are all types of things that are often repeated enough such that an ai picked up on it and started outputting that
0: right especially with video which it seems kind of forced it's like it gave me this opinion of chat gpt that it's You say, give me a YouTube prompt, whether it's a description, because it it was suggesting the popcorn thing for the descriptions and the intro scripts and everything. So it's like, oh, this is a video. You're going to want popcorn.
1: Uh, The other dynamic that we'll talk about further on here is the actual negative effects of cliches. Mm. If it's used too much, it can actually create a negative varying levels of emotional response, but from a mild annoyance to like, I am annoyed. I'm not going to finish watching this video because this channel maker just did a cliche in the video. So we're going to uh-huh. discuss that a bit more as we're talking about some of these uh, not so obvious ones.
0: Yeah. And an interesting thing, I guess kind of ironic, but not to keep the whole conversation on chat GPT, but it is going to accelerate the rate at which things become cliches. If chat GPT is telling every creator to use the same description or the same sentence in their intro.
1: I did not think it's of that, kind of a but you're right. <laughs> We'll be able to identify who wrote their script with ChatGPT or uh-huh. whatever AI tool is relevant at the time.
0: Right. <laughs> okay, so non-obvious cliches. Um, we talked about asking people to leave a comment without a specific like reason or um, well, idea. Let me ask
1: you this uh, yeah. for you listening here. How often have you heard in a video, go ahead and leave a comment or, or uh, I mean, it's often paired subscribe, leave a like and a comment. Let's get into the video or at the end of the video. Hey, if you enjoyed it, leave a comment.
0: Mm. Uh, how
1: often have you heard stuff like that? I would guess it's a lot, but I, we put this under the not so obvious space because Again, I don't think that most of the time we realize what we're doing when we say leave a comment. It's almost the equivalent of, if, the, if we say leave a comment and we don't give them a reason to, it's almost like the equivalent of a company saying, go and leave a review. And, and if, if we don't, if without specificity, it's sometimes it's almost worse mm-hmm. than not saying it at all. Because a small action, I've talked about this before, why leaving a like, why I use boop the like button in almost every video, because it's the minimum viable action aside from watching the video that someone can take. And leaving a comment is a higher commitment action. It means they are okay with a few things. One, taking the time to, out of whatever they're doing in their day, uh, type in a response to your video. Two, a lot of times it requires some... Uh, aspect of thought Mm -hmm. (laughs) in order to leave a comment unless it's just great video dude like (laughs) something like that uh but also they're okay with sharing their identity whether or not it's anonymous with their youtube account on your video yeah and risking other people seeing it as well as you as a channel maker seeing it and maybe responding and other people liking or disliking or um, replying to their comment so it's a bit more of a, a commitment. And so as a result of that, why I put this into the non-obvious cliche list here, is from my experience, if you are going to ask people to leave a comment, the more interesting or juicy the reason to leave a comment, the more likely they are to do it. So just simply saying, leave a comment. Or leave a comment if you like this video. That's great. But what's better? Do you think that I should do this specific thing in an upcoming video. Let me know in the comments. Or did you like how I delivered this part of the video? Was it good? Was it bad? Mm. I want to get your honest feedback of what I just did in the video and then leave a comment. And then people will comment and you'll get, it's it's more valuable responses, but it's also just a clearer way for people to share their opinion. People love sharing their opinion. And so that's why I look at it that way.
0: Right. And it's, and it's hyper-specific because I think kind of a subcategory of this, leave a comment. Sometimes people give a reason, but a very common reason is so that I know if you like this so I can make more of this type of video, or if you don't like it so I can know to make less. But that's not as specific as what you were just talking about, and that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And then stick around to the end. Let's get into that one. (laughs) And stick around to the end to hear us get into that one.
1: Yeah, actually, let's stick around to the end of this podcast episode, um, and then we'll actually address this cliche. (laughs) I'm just kidding. How often have you heard that one? All the time, right? Stick around to the end where I... Blah, 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 whatever is going to follow there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's a cliche, and the, the text form of it is, if you're watching a YouTube short, for example, and it says, watch till the end, and then it's like a laughing emoji, or wait for it, dot, dot, dot. Uh, those That's a cliche where I can speak personally here. We both spoke about this before recording here. I can speak personally to the annoyance factor uh, such that when that cliche happens, like in a YouTube short, I get it. It's a 60 second or less video. But as soon as it says somewhere in the video, wait for it or stick around to the end, I say no. And I leave Mm -hmm. every single time. I, I, I can't think of a time in recent memory where a video said, stick around to the end or wait for it when I said, no, I don't think I will.
0: Yeah, it, it brings out your rebellious streak. It, it does, and that's in YouTube too.
1: shorts. In long form, what's going to happen? When you say, stick around to the end, or wait till the end where I'm going to show you this really cool thing, what are people going to do? Jump. Yeah, They're going to skip right to the end, and they're going to watch it, and they're, then they're going to leave. That is the major issue I have with this cliche. And I don't think a lot of people think about that.
0: Yeah, but I think the audience on YouTube is becoming a little more aware of the goals and the metrics. I don't know. I guess I'm curious. Maybe you listening, if you want to want to comment in the project 24 community, (laughs) but you know, for me, I think, Oh, you're just asking me to up your watch time. And I wonder if the average viewer, do you think Nate, that the average viewer thinks of it like that?
1: That is a a very good question. I think On YouTube, potentially more so than other social media platforms, there's more awareness from the creator side of things.
0: Mm. Yeah. uh,
1: Because everybody wants to be a YouTuber type of thing. But not not everybody wants to be a Facebooker (laughs) (laughs) or, you know, an Instagram. I mean, some of them are more well-known than others, right? Yeah. But there's just something about that awareness of being on the creator side of things. And so there's a possibility that that's the case. You're just trying to get more watch time out of me. You know, stick around to the end. And I think... I haven't pinpointed sources but i think that there's a possibility that a while back this was taught more to say something like that within videos so speaking of traditions that stick around and we're not sure why yeah uh, being taught to say yeah make sure you tell people to stick around to the end because you're going to deliver something awesome by the end mm-hmm. and face value that makes sense like well yeah you want to give them reasons to stay because you get more watch time, it's more beneficial to you as a content creator. But it has become cliche, in my opinion. It's, it's become such that it's less and less effective the more it is used. Because, like you were saying, Julia, I think people are becoming more immune to it. It's kind of the nature of a cliche. It, it's overused, so less it, it's less effective. It
0: loses its potency, yeah. Uh-huh. And Nate was saying before we started recording that... It should be implied, but not said directly. And I think that is, you really hit the nail on the head there. Like you gotta, you gotta give people a reason to watch to the end, but don't say it.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, that is next level in, and the best way to do that is to make what they're watching right now so interesting that they don't want to skip ahead. Mm-hmm. That is the way to do it. And you can, Im- you can imply and by showing, I mean, Mr. Beast does this all the time where he says, pretty soon I'm going to be running a train through the, you know, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen in this. And that's fine. That, that's the classic teaser at the beginning of the video. In this video, we did this, this, and this. And then we start kind of at a, it's the teaser. And then we start at ground zero at, or the, you know, zero point, And then we go from there. And that's, that's fine. Um, but, but implying it by simply making what you're watching right now so interesting is far, far more effective. Right. So you never should have to say, watch till the end for this.
0: It's funny you brought that up because I was gonna bring up Mr. Beast too. Because he does it so well and we we poured over way too many Mr. Beast videos (laughs) for a video we were making to notice patterns. And one thing he does is he will often start the video with like a really clear announcement of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But it's usually only one part. So like you know, we're going to be jumping over a shark Uh with (laughs) jet skis. And then he shows that beginning of that story. And then usually he'll cut to a different story before that one has ended. And sometimes he will revisit it multiple times in that video, even though he's switching to stories that are completely unrelated to the thumbnail and title. And he doesn't finish that one until the end, but he never says like stick to the end. So you can see how this little, little side story ends. He just keeps reminding you that you want to see the end of that story,
1: and it's implied you want to yes. see the ending of the story because it's it's interesting along the way, and it's implied you want to have a satisfying resolution to that right. story, right?
0: Not a verbal, now, <laughs> yeah.
1: No, not every channel is going to be able to do Mr. Beast stuff, and I strongly suggest not every channel try to be Mr. Beast. But there are a lot of different ways uh, to do this, mm-hmm. and, and so clearly stating what you're doing at the beginning is is great. Another example I've seen. Have a mistake a lot of people do is they'll do a video and they'll make the highest point of the video, all of the marketing for the video, the title and the thumbnail, like setting an anthill on fire. I, I'm not, I'm not condoning ant cruelty here, by the way. I'm just saying <laughs> that as an example here, setting an anthill on fire, filling it up with gasoline and blowing it up. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just coming up with just saying that. But then if the video is five minutes long or 10 minutes long and they start the video and they're not, interested in what you're doing right then it seems like you're going off on side quests and doing all this other stuff before why they're there in the first place what are they going to do they're going to skip to the point that you marketed so what i've seen to be an effective combo of these two things is to yes in your marketing choose a moment an interesting moment and let that be your marketing like with mr beast would you swim with sharks for a hundred thousand dollars that's just a moment of the video. And so the rest of the video is also interesting. You don't have to have your title be swimming with sharks for a hundred thousand plus driving this, you know, parking, parallel parking, this Lamborghini, you keep it plus, I don't know, whatever else he does in that video. Uh, But marketing with one, but then making the video higher than expectations is the way to do it.
0: So to give the listeners some options, what are ways like different ways, maybe for different niches if you can think of ideas or just different ways that might work across a more broad range of niches how would you get people to stick around to the end without asking for it what are some examples of that
1: okay so good let's say i was doing a software tutorial uh, let's say i was showing people how to how to set up an aesthetic desktop on a mac like mm-hmm. that and partially it's implied with the marketing of that that it's going to take a few steps but let's say The beginning, I'd say, check out my desktop. This looks amazing. What you didn't realize is there's actually a bit more that goes into this than what meets the eye. And so there are actually five different things. And maybe on screen, I briefly show on screen the list of things. And I don't need to list them. I don't need to say, first, we're going to do this. Then we're going to do this. uh, Because that's making my intro too long. Instead, I might say, there are actually five things that go into this. Let's dive into it. Mm. And then it's implied, oh, there's five different things. I'm going to need to watch each of these five things in order to get this end result. Yeah. So that's, that's an example. Uh, let's do another one. Uh, give me a niche.
0: Uh, cooking.
1: Cooking. Okay. Let's say, well, part of that's implied that if I'm, uh, if I'm decorating a cake, here's the end result. This looks amazing. Yeah. Let's walk through all the steps. Uh, so that, again, that's showing an end result. It's implying, but not telling them. Like I wouldn't need to, in that case, I wouldn't need to say stick around to the end to see how the cake looks. Yes. I, I mean, it, you already have it. It's right there. So
0: what if it's something like, let's say five simple syrup recipes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, the end, they're just kind of sitting in the bottles. What would be like an intriguing way to get people to stick to the end on a video like that?
1: Ooh, that's where we add additional layers. So so one, I just need to add a note there. Mm-hmm. If you have a number, this is why n- top 10 lists do so well for a lot of people. It's implied that at least some point throughout the video they're going to be watching segments of it. Uh-huh. From my experience, people tend to jump around when you do top ten lists—jump from one to two to three to four—and not actually watch the whole thing. Uh, but, but that's why that works so well because okay. it's implied with a number. But with that, for example, that's where you add layers. Mm. You add some story stuff. You say, okay, with this first syrup, I'm going to be making it on top of my car hood
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> or maybe the beginning is sure it's recipes i'm making five different types of syrup but i'm gonna have fun with it and then briefly on screen you show uh, you know you on top of your car one on your roof one in your basement you know just that type of thing you say i'm gonna have fun with it so let's get into the first syrup and then you go into and so what you've done is you added additional layers of interest mm. and, and another layer could be story could could be uh, man, I saw this on a barbecue video that did really well. The guy said he started. A, it was a recipe video, but he started it off by saying, "Hey, so my neighbors having a barbecue tonight," and I heard about this recipe for the. I don't remember what they were called, and but I, so I'm. I've never actually made this before, but I'm going to make it and I'm going to share it with them and see what they think of it.
0: Oh, I like that.
1: So what's that? That's a strongly implied to the end watch to the end, but he didn't say, so stick around to the end Mm -mm. to see how my neighbors like it. He didn't need to, it was implied.
0: Yeah. That's a really good example. What you said about the variety made me think of video games. Like if you're playing a game and it can have the same, you know, mechanics and everything and you start to get bored of it. And then if the world changes, like you were in a wild west world and then it switches to a space world or something, then suddenly you're like, this is novel and amazing. And it's the same game, but Uh it keeps your interest a little longer. Because I don't think I would have thought of that. Like, well, if there's not a reason related to the niche so much, but you kind of can have fun with it, I guess. Is that what you're saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And that's that's reading between the lines of what you're saying. Making what they're watching right now so interesting, they want to stick around Mm. to the end. Mm -hmm. That is the other principle there.
0: Yeah. One thing I noticed this week, I was watching YouTube and it was like, it was a mascara review video. And what she did was she was ranking them all on like several different factors. So she gave them a number ranking, which was interesting. And she went from least good to best good. And I think, well, there's my grammar for today. (laughs) Um, And I did notice that I think I stuck around better. If she had started with the best one, I'm like, okay, I'm out. Uh But I was watching it on my TV, and I was like, eh, I don't really want to skip. You know, maybe that gives you a reason to skip. Maybe a random order would be better. I would say definitely not starting with the best one. What do you think? Mm,
1: yeah, if it's a, a review type of video of that. any kind. Mm, because the cliche there is least to best.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Ranking them. Yep.
1: And that format does still work. Well, I keep seeing that work on YouTube. Oh, okay. But I am curious whether or not the least to best – format like that might be on its way out in effectiveness yeah Uh, because to your point there if it's implied that the best is at the end what are they going to do they might just skip ahead yeah and some some of that's inherent with reviews if because we just we just know by the end of the video you're going to say this is the winner and so a lot of people are just going to skip ahead and see who you say is the winner Mm -hmm. which is some of it is just it's just gonna happen. And there's yeah. not much you can do about it aside from making the review very interesting to watch.
0: So for review type videos, what about something where at the beginning of the video you kind of explain briefly that they're good in different ways? Like if it was RGB lights or whatever headphones, whatever you have, you explain that like it depends on your needs. That feels like kind of a cliche too. Like, what's the best? It depends. Uh-huh. I don't know. Like, how do you, how do you get around this problem with the, or do you want it just totally random and you don't explain what order you're going in or how would you do that?
1: Well, it's interesting. Something I might say at the beginning of that type of video is I bought 11 different RGB lights mm-hmm. to test them on these factors, show them on screen, but all these factors, I found some shocking stuff along the way and what, and you will probably be surprised by the ones that came out as winners because they weren't all winners in the same categories. Mm-hmm. And then just go ahead with the review.
0: And present them in whatever order you happen to test them in or what word order yeah, you or them Or
1: in? in that case, you could just present them uh, light by light
0: uh-huh.
1: and have just everything about this light or aspect by aspect. So, you know, brightness, luke's lumens, battery life, oh. that type of thing. So that it's implied, well, if I want to know about battery life, I can't just... You know, like I have to watch all of them combined at once. Yeah. At the end of the video, there's probably going to be a scoring system or something using this example. Right. Uh, where you show who wins at the end and that's and that's fine. People will probably still do that. But even so, you'll in many cases, especially a buyer intent audience, will want to substantiate why that one won.
0: Yep. That's a really neat idea though, to categorize it by the aspect rather than each one individually. That's cool. It'd be fun to do maybe a more in-depth test on that sometime.
1: That would be interesting, on it.
0: Okay, so YouTuber face. We've got a couple more. First not, obvious us, yes, no, not obvious cliches. Yes, not not obvious. Not obvious. And what do you mean by YouTuber face?
1: YouTuber face and thumbnails. If you don't know what YouTuber face is, it's not cliche enough. I'm just, kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know what I'm talking about. If this were visual, I could show you right now. But the shocked, wide-open faces, the hand over the mouth. I can't believe this happened.
0: Oh my goodness, the
1: over-exaggeration. Now, here's the thing. Does it still work? Yes, it does. However, I am getting the impression based on both my own experience, but watching some large YouTubers that it's becoming less effective because they're using it less. Some of the ones that I would call more cutting edge and kind of trend setting on on what's YouTube, they're using it less. They're still showing faces and thumbnails and, and reactions but it, what I'm talking about is the reaction that doesn't match the video. The big issue is the implied, and this is the this is the unconscious thing. A lot of people, a lot of us, when we when we create a YouTube channel, we think, "Oh, I need to do big reactions in my videos because that's what's taught, or it's just the cliche." And so we just do it without re- realizing it. And well, I mean, you tell me mm-hmm. if you if it was a video how to set up uh, Microsoft Teams. <laughs> or a 10-person team, and it was you with this shocked face. <gasps> I can't believe this happened. Like, does that match? No. No, it doesn't. And that's a that's a stupid, obvious example. But the amount of times I've seen YouTubers use too much emotion in their thumbnail that doesn't match the content, it's, it's way too often.
0: Yeah. And I think you're right about this trend going the other way. I believe Ryan Trahan had talked about this. And he says that you want to be more subtle that the trend is going away from that super shock. Look, even if, you know, when he has kind of the kind of topics where you could, you would think be a little bit more dramatic, could, but he's at least definitely experimenting with keeping it more simple. But I find it interesting. It's almost like, you know, the difference between it feels less childish or almost like real Hollywood movies or something. Like if somebody's acting and they're trying to act like they're in shock they're not going to be like, oh, you we, we can't see our faces, which is a bummer on this podcast. I think
1: that sound effect was pretty good. Okay, thanks.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can visualize that. People like, in Ryan Trahan, he kind of looks shocked on a lot of his thumbnails, but he's just kind of like this wide-eyed, like, uh, almost deer in the headlights, like uh, how a person would really look if they were sort of in shock.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And I find that really interesting. I'm curious if the trend keeps going that way or how long that'll uh, last. That'll but
1: be interesting if the trend's moving towards... Or realism. Yeah. There. That would be interesting. It's funny because from the acting space, I talk about uh, there, there's people that don't know how to act. Mm. They look awful on camera. Then there's the people that start to learn how to act, and that's good. Then there's the people who you don't even realize they're acting, Acting, they're so good at it. But then mm. there's the people who are able to act like they're acting, which is <laughs> a whole new level. You don't think about that. The, and, and make it look bad.
0: Right. Because
1: they're acting but they're acting like, and they're making it look bad. Uh, that's a whole new level, and
0: that's so fun to watch people in movies acting as an actor. Yeah, acting as an actor, <laughs> it's
1: great. It's so funny. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it's inter- it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So well, the point here is not that you shouldn't do emotions in your thumbnails. It's also not that you shouldn't do big reactions. It's just it should warrant it. Mm. Uh, because speaking of that crowd immunity thing here, yeah, I think. It's been used far too often that people are becoming more and more immune to it. And so the new different. and so if this crazy reaction, they watch the video and it's not in it, mm. how do they feel? They feel jaded. They feel like, ah man, that was it was bad clickbait. That's what that was. Great. And so far better to underpromise and over deliver than overpromise and under deliver.
0: Yes, that makes sense. And thinking about your brand and your traditions and I'd say the way you are on camera too. Like if you are really dramatic on camera, you could probably get away with a little bit more dramatic thumbnails. But if there's another a thing. big mismatch. It's weird.
1: It's so true. I've seen YouTubers where on camera they're like, "Hey, hey, how's it going?" You know, how's it going? But in their thumbnails, they're like,
0: "Ah!" <laughs> they're doing that.
1: It's weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. And then we had effects transitions.
1: Commonly used sound effects or transitions. Ah. This one is interesting because we get to talk about, so if you've, there's, there's like the the phone ding, which I use in my videos mm. sometimes. There's, I I think it's less common. I don't know. I haven't watched as many gaming videos recently, but for a while there, there was the Minecraft, I think it was the oof sound. Mm. Like, uh, I, I can't mimic it, <laughs> but there was that that was used a lot. And the thing is, sound effects, I mean, TikTokers know this really well, but sound effects and, and music clips and stuff, have trends and so you want to do what's trending because then you're like hip you're cool that yeah and and so you feel like you're in the know and if a larger channel uses a sound effect or something and you use it also it feels it almost equalizes you it makes it feel like oh this this channel is also they know what's up they know what's up yeah and so it's a good thing it's just they quickly become cliche Mm -hmm. and so i just be careful with it uh and and just look at it laterally, look at what's happening in larger channels and similar channels to yours, which actually brings to a point, which we mentioned before recording here that I'm I'm now realizing it'd be worth mentioning here, drafting in cases of cliche versus not cliche. So when you're first starting and you don't know, draft and see what the other people are doing and do what they're doing, right? And that will continue. If other channels start doing something and you see, oh, I could do something about that. Mm -hmm. I could use that sound effect. I could use whatever that new thing is yeah, go ahead and use it, but also pay really close attention and get out of it before it becomes cliche. Mm. Uh, it's it because what does it ha- what happens if you stay in a trend too long, you look outdated. Yeah, it's so funny how that happens. If you're at the cutting edge, you look awesome. If you stayed it too long, you're outdated. <laughs> unless again, unless it's intentional or it becomes a tradition.
0: How to you. be on? How to be trendy? One hundred and one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's helpful. So to sum this up, if somebody is trying to come up with like brand traditions or decide on, let's say, an overall style, not necessarily the micro decisions with each video, but they're thinking like, well, do I want to be dramatic in my thumbnails or do I want to have a lot of sound effects and little memes in my videos? How do they make these decisions? Is it is it a matter of drafting? Is that the... Kind of drafting and deciding what you like or is it a matter of trying to pivot often what are like the the few takeaways you'd give
1: that's a great uh, question so i'd say a bit of both mm-hmm. it's a bit of drafting see what other people are doing get in the know mm-hmm. it, it makes you feel familiar to an audience which is a good thing in a lot of ways but then as is always the case we need to be intentional with identifying what makes us unique mm-hmm. and so If your style is a lot of meme style of sound effects and transitions and and that type of stuff, then by all means, go all in on it and and just use a ton of them and just Mm -hmm. be always keeping up with what's newest in the meme world and and use that. (laughs) Uh, If you go for more of a timeless style that doesn't rely so much on current trends, then that's also great. And maybe in those cases, if you're going to use something trendy, use it very intentionally. And sometimes a way to do that is to make fun of it or that type of thing, so that it doesn't appear outdated mm-hmm. within you know a couple of months.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and I think that's very actionable. Awesome. Also, if you're thinking about trends on music in your videos, we did an episode. It was either, I believe it was two weeks ago, if not two weeks ago, one week ago, or not a week one, two episodes ago, or one episode ago. I always forget. We do not release weekly. Yeah. Um these up these podcasts by the way if you've forgotten go out on whatever day of the month has six in it so sixth 16th 26th month days with six is the youtube project 24 podcast we're trying to figure out the pattern there didn't already know um and anyways we did talk about youtube's new creator music and we talked about trends and trending music and things like that because that's a big part of trends um but i feel like we covered that pretty well in that episode so go watch that and we will talk to you next time thanks for listening